Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. It's the final episode of Season 4 of Off the Groove 2021, episode number 212. And we don't know what day this is coming out, so that's a surprise. Yeah. It's the last day of the year. We're not dropping it on uh, uh, Christmas Eve. We'll drop it maybe between Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Yep. And hope everybody enjoys their holiday season, has a Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year. Four years of Off the Groove, man. How crazy is that? That's nuts. That means you have to look at me once a week, bro. I'm sorry. And I have to listen to you, like, more than (laughs) that, because I'm, like, recording, editing, and then, oh, boy. Well, sometimes you fall asleep, so. Always. I usually fall asleep during the interviews. That's why I'm not in those interviews. Um, no, I never fall asleep during the interviews. I'm taking meticulous notes, so my edits are uh-huh. expedited. Anyways, uh, no, what's what's going on, dude? How the how the hell you been? How was your uh, how was your dirty Santa trip down with the Dooblers? That that was great. Doobler Christmas is always fun. Uh, my daughter Haley and uh, my stepsister Kim kind of helped put everything together. Uh, we went down to my cousin Lacey's house down there in uh, Kennedale, Texas, which is a little bit south of Arlington, Texas, and uh, had a great time. Got to see their house for the very first time. I got to see all my cousins, aunts and uncles, and uh, Grandma and Pa were there virtually. We called them uh, in, and so they were on the big screen, and nice. then I held a phone because <laughs> they couldn't hear with all the confusion going on, so I would, I would pretty much narrate what was going on to grandma and Paul so you were like calling and, like you didn't call on the races but you were calling the dirty santa <laughs> pretty much pretty much i got you <laughs> and, it's good stuff and, and, and the, the the funniest thing to me is uh so my cousin who passed away was kane mm-hmm. his son is dylan and caleb caleb just figured out on saturday that i was the one that announced the motorcycle races <laughs> get out of here no, he goes. He goes. I know we go to the motorcycle races once or twice or three times a year, but he goes. I didn't know that was you. Holy shit! <laughs> that had yeah, to be like mind blowing. Oh yeah, he he was like in awe. Yeah, and uh, he just graduated from high school this year and stuff like that. So he's not a, a young kid or anything like that. But he just never put two and two together. Wow! And so that was that was that kind of that was awesome. And you tell him you have your own uh, podcast uh, too. I didn't want to blow his mind completely. Yeah, out of his no, skull. you need, need a little so bit of brain I, I left. Might wait I got you. A little bit later on. So, I got you. Uh, no, it was it was cool. It was a lot of fun. Got to see everybody and hang out uh, for you know probably seven eight hours down there and uh, had a blast. And then had to drove back home and uh, Haley and Tyler were behind me, so we stopped and ate at Taco Casa. Nice. Just some of the best fast food Mexican restaurant you can have. I love it. And then drove the rest of the way home. I but, love it. Uh, yeah, how was it, your weekend? It was good, man. And the patrons got to see a little bit of uh, the gift that you got, but we won't we won't talk too much about that. That's a little special insight for patrons. That was a really cool deal. I just hope you have the wall space to put it on your wall, dude. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to have to get a bigger house just for the stuff <laughs> that I'm getting to, to put on the walls. I so, love it. Um, yeah. yeah, man, I, did, I didn't do much this past weekend. I've been going through a lot of footage for the Left Out stuff, uh, looking to do maybe some lives over the holidays. I don't know if uh, you're going to be around to do that, but I'll, I may be just firing up the old the old live and doing that um over the holidays so stay on the stay on the lookout for that stay tuned to uh left out and my only, personal pages the only thing and stuff. i think we should we should do a little bit different on that is maybe give everybody a heads up yeah because i think i think when we go live it's awesome but if we could give everybody a heads up to hey we're gonna go live in like an hour or something yep that, that might get more people get more engagement because when we did that first one down up at down at up at however you want to look at the waffle house when we we're when we we're at the waffle house man 
I there were so many people that I had heard from and talked to in such a long time that were all a part of it. Oh yeah, and it was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was really cool to to do that. It was good stuff. Yeah, and even some of the ones that we've done, like when I was collecting that dirt, not stealing when i was collecting that dirt for sammy with this kind of ad hoc like off the cuff i think those are kind of special too i did i wasn't able to save that one that's one of the best ones we've done i loved it um but i don't know it's something special too about you know you miss it you miss it kind of thing so stay tuned to left out um but this is this is a little bit of a warning but we'll give a little heads up on those and i think uh if you're able to join if sammy's able to join hell if i'm just sitting there by myself reliving it it'll be uh just a special man but i'm kind of looking back on the year for 2021 looking ahead for 2022 and what what we want to do what this could become um that's kind of what it'll all be about so i'm um, just kind of organizing that footage and seeing what i got and what, what i can do with it so um sounds good yeah man uh well you want to get into the this one this is this is gonna be the last well, one of the year well, dude hold on there's one big press release that came out i did see that depending on when we drop this uh red bull ktm has a new rider they so do they're gonna have the twin towers uh riding for them they've already got maxwell they announced that a little while back and now cody cop cody cop is your mobile mobile view rookie of the year winner uh cody cop it will be on the factory red bull ktm team i heard a couple of rumors about that but also heard another rumor that that there might be another ride so uh it was finally announced and congratulations to cody uh and his family and i wish them good luck and uh, i'm kind of curious to see what number he's going to be mm. that'll be interesting to see because he was one four three uh, 43 is Rispoli, so uh, we'll have to see. Maybe he'll go 34. I don't know. Uh, maybe he'll stick with 143. I don't know what he's going to do, but uh, that's pretty exciting. Also, I did get a message from uh, one of our patrons, and when we when we were talking about Dave Kilkenny, when we had him on a while, I changed his name to Super Dave because he told me at a race that he didn't like Dirty Dave. Mm. You know, so I, I switched it to Super Dave, and he said that back in the day they called Davey Durrell super dave or super davy Durrell way back in the day and that was one of the one of the kids or one of the guys i like looking up to even though he's not much older than me it was right. kind of before i started racing flat track yeah davy Durrell, who still races no bigger than a minute little bitty guy still hauls the males i i guarantee he could still put it in a aft super twins main event if he wanted to or an aft singles main event if he wanted to he was a uh, he was in Isn't the it, in the uh, laugh fast and left movie right absolutely yeah. him and his wife and his kids yeah so davy can still go really fast he's he's uh, from up in minnesota so i got to see him every year at surges especially uh he rode for uh donahue butch donahue who actually sponsored jake mattia later on um but davy moved to colorado and i think he's moved out east somewhere and uh he's got Durrell racing products he does a lot of wheels and stuff like that and rims and and knockoffs and stuff like that so uh, Davey Durrell was the original Super Dave in Flat Track, but uh, Dave the OG has kind of taken taken over that nickname. So uh, that was from Peter Hook, and we're going to talk about Peter Hook in this interview as well, too. So uh, kind of tied the two together right there. But uh, Peter Hook and his son Andrew are patrons of ours, and we appreciate their support. So I just want to include that little story before we got started. I love it, man. Um, well, that's good stuff. Uh, well, I mean, that kind of leads into this this last episode we have here. We're sticking uh, for the last. Why not stick in Wisconsin one more week? <laughs> um, and uh, this one actually has a little bit of an update too. Um, there's some news dropped on this one, so we won't spoil that. We'll let the, we'll let that unfold here during the interview. But it's a it's a big deal. Uh, we're talking with Ezra Brusky. 
uh, from Wisconsin. So met uh, met him up in Milwaukee briefly. Met talked to his dad a little bit, um, but didn't really get to interview him a lot during Flat Out Friday uh, weekend. So I definitely wanted to have him on the podcast. Been a little bit under the weather. He's been traveling, so he's back home now. We're able to catch up with him, and uh, I'm really looking forward to this one for sure. Let's bring him on, man. Hey, how's it going? Good, Ezra. How are you? Great. Where Where are you at? Last time we tried to get a hold of you, you're in the hospital. Then I heard you went to Florida. So, <laughs> where is Ezra? Where's Ezra? Uh, I am currently in my new place that I just uh, moved out into. Um, it's right by UWM. So yeah, now I'm in my own apartment. So for us people that aren't from Wisconsin, UWM is University of Wisconsin Madison. Uh, uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Okay. All right. I got you. I'm glad I asked because I didn't yeah. have no idea. Um, so <laughs> a couple of things, a couple of things before we dive into this interview, Ricky Rackman says you're one of his favorite writers because he loves your hair and how you change it for every race. And so he is going to be so excited to hear this podcast. Hell yeah, man. I, I love Ricky Rackman. I love what he did in the, the final few rounds with his hair. I don't know yeah. if he competed, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I think you still got the top prize. You know, I always I always joke around with Ben Lau as having the best hair in the pits, but I think we might have to put you in the running next time we do a, a best hair in the pit segment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would I would take that uh, for sure. But yeah, I just I love to do it because it, it just showed a little bit, uh, you know, something different. Yeah, it's a little weird. Pretty fun. You know, I can get a little creative with it. But yeah. Yeah. And, and people can relate. You know, I, I think that it, you, you stand out a little bit. So people always know where to, you know, to find you and stuff like that. I love that. And then I've got another one for you. And you may have never heard of this guy. But when I was young or younger, I watched a guy, National Number 77, Peter Hook and his son, Andrew Hook, raced for a little while. And when we mentioned we were going to have you on, he sent me a text message right away and said, I cannot wait to hear Ezra's interview because he loves the way you ride. Oh, well, that that means a lot. I, I don't the name did not come up. Uh, I do not know who that is. But, yeah, for sure. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. So I, I just I remember watching him for a long time as as a youngster so um and then i got one more thing before we jump in the interview so i guess i said your last name wrong for many years i don't know how many years but somebody finally told me i thought it was brewski which meant it went good with you know the milwaukee brewers and being from wisconsin so that's what i went with but (laughs) but it's it's actually brusky right yep yep uh yeah a lot of people get that wrong so it's it doesn't it doesn't rub me the wrong way or anything. Well, I, I apologize for saying your name wrong. People said my name wrong my whole career. So I get it. I get it. And I do apologize. <laughs> and, and I'll do my best not to say it wrong ever again. So we, we've been wanting to have you on for a little while. So I want to get to know you a little bit better. So we'll go all the way back to the beginning. Where were you born? I was uh, born right here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah. So I, I started out with uh, one of my buddies who was born just a few two blocks away from me. We uh, lived uh, together our entire lives and basically went throughout it all all up until he went to college and, and who's that uh loyal loyal proc uh his dad ran okay. final friday and everything yeah so uh he he got me into racing and you know i i was with him until he got out 
Wow. So, and I just, I kind of heard a rumor that he is done racing for a little while or maybe for good. Uh, is that, is that a true rumor or am I, am I just hearing things? I would say, uh, he's done competing, uh, in the way that he did. Uh, I think he's more going into that hooligan style of let's just go out there and have, you know, a hell of a time, uh, instead of going over there and just trying to beat as many people as possible. Right. He's just going for the fun of it now, but He's definitely not going to be showing up as much as uh, he used to. I got you. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, if you if you if you yeah, decide yeah. you don't want to run at that at that top level, you don't have to. And the hooligans, yep. you know, all those guys are having fun. You know, they always have a smile on their face too. That's kind of that's, that's the way it goes around Milwaukee. It's it's kind of it was hard to make that decision whether I wanted to go into that pro scene or if I wanted to go into the, you know, let's you know just have fun and ride those hooligans around. I but I, I'm just too competitive, you know? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It's a constant thing you have to evaluate, you know, when you, when you decide to walk away or when you decide not to run at that top level, you always have to have that in the back of your mind. So um, what was it like, or what is it like, I guess, growing up in Milwaukee? Oh, I love it. It's just, there's, there's that sense of, of community and um, it, it has uh, it, it has its own personality to it in some way. Uh, it's just, you know, filled with the hipsters, that I, I've uh, known to love, but it's just, I, I love it. I, I couldn't imagine living anywhere else, even though I, I really want to. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. It was perfect. Okay. If, if you could live somewhere else, or if you if you choose to live somewhere else, where where would you go? I was thinking about more in the Atlanta area. Uh, I want to, you know, get that warmth all, all year round just so I could ride around more. Uh, and and it, it was a really nice city when me and my dad went there for the the pro race over there. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's definitely you know that's part of the the good thing about our our hobby slash profession slash racing. You get to go all different places and see different things. So it's exactly. it's always cool to, cool to check out different areas of the country for sure. Um, you mentioned Loyal, and he was a big part of you getting into racing. Uh, is that the entire reason? Was it you? Was it your idea? Was it his idea? How 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 did you decide to get into motorcycle racing? All right. So uh, when I was around six or seven, I went to his grandpa's backyard, and uh, he had a fifty there. Uh, he was he was you know we're the same age, so he was he was kind of trying to show that off for us. And me and my brother got to ride it, and we just had a ball. We we loved it so much, and our parents could just obviously see that. So. The next Christmas, there was a 50 under the tree. So, yeah, that, that just put me headfirst into everything. It wasn't much of my decision, but, like, you know, my parents did that all for me right there. Okay. All right. I, I heard, I've heard about a Poncho. I guess that's, that's Loyal's grandpa, and, and he built some, like, some really awesome T-shirt cannons. Is that the same dude? Yep, that's the same guy. He's, he's a... He's awesome. He, he he's he's has some way to him. He he can build like anything. I've been to their place and they have all these these awesome things just laying around. All right. Do do you know how he got the nickname Poncho? Uh, so we uh, all our family and a few others, uh, we all did a, a canoeing trip once a year, and he'd always come out in a poncho. So <laughs> they they gave him a name, and he was like a cheese slice. So yeah. Wow. All right. <laughs> you never know when you yeah, get your nickname, I, know. I guess. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> That's funny. So so how old were you when you raced 
flat track for the very first time. Do you remember? Uh, I was eight. Yeah, I started out with motocross, and I did that for about a year, and I really liked it. And then I, I got into some bad accident. It wasn't too bad, but, you know, it scared my parents. <laughs> so we, mm-hmm. we went over to flat track. I'm I'm in the same boat. I, I got all the way up to intermediate in motocross, and my last crash in motocross was a collarbone and about five ribs. And and my oh, dad wow. finally looked at me. He goes, he goes, don't you think you want to go around in circles instead? And and I said, yeah, let's <laughs> give it a shot. So <laughs> I'm right there. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah. So it's you know it, it, it's it's kind of safer because you're all going the same direction, but there's a lot more speed, so it's it's a lot more dangerous. So it's it's one way to look at yeah, it, but yeah, exactly. uh, you know it just. It just depends. But so growing up in Wisconsin, uh, what kind of tracks did you learn to race on? So the the main thing that we got over here is just that hard pack slick clay. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it, it normally gets fairly hot and, and pretty windy uh, in the summers, I feel like. And, and it just dries out our track so we can never really keep them, keep that water in it. Right. So it was always just those dry slick, uh, not very long tracks, just short clay tracks. Right on. So there is, is, would you consider your home track? Maybe that the as track is it as Astalan? Is yep, that one yep, of your home Astalan. tracks? Right on. All right. So, so yeah, that Astalan is my home track. Uh, I, that's where I started doing motocross and that's also where I had sadly my last motocross race. Um, <laughs> and now we do the short track there and yeah, that I love that track. I I've been practicing on it for, for years now around like, you know, ever since I started, uh, we were, We've been men- members for a long time, and yeah, I love that track. I just I wish more people could come over there because I feel like we could get some really nice battles going. So when you race on a track like that, uh, and it's usually a groove like that is usually pretty slick. That teaches you a lot of throttle control, and I think you can use that on other types of racetracks. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot of throttle control, and it's a lot of just learning how to come in and pull, but the that that's the one problem there was that we we all are kind of running the inside of that groove constantly because our grooves never get big because you know with that dry slick stuff it's always a gamble whenever you go in if you're gonna catch it or if you're just gonna slide right off and that's the end of your race so and sometimes you got to slow down to go fast and that's hard for racers to do yeah that that was a big struggle when i first got onto the bigger bikes like the 250s is that you just got to learn how to you know come in slow just so you can come out hot and it's definitely a big big learning curve you mentioned that's your home track and and probably one of your favorite tracks uh out of all the tracks you go to is that the kind of surface you like the best because that's what you grew up on or do you like maybe lima or do you like a deeper looser dirt track like maybe oklahoma city or something like that do you have a preference of what what type of track you race on yeah, yeah. So my preference would definitely be the clay, but it wouldn't be the dry slicks. The dry slicks just give me uh, an insane amount of anxiety just because it's it's so it's such a gamble, you know. So it, and especially when you're running with those pros, when we did that dry slick, that mile, uh, what was that, Texas? That was it was very scary, <laughs> in my opinion. Gotcha. But uh, okay. yeah, so I I would say the clay tracks are my favorite, but Volusia, that's like type of stuff that had it down that is my favorite track by far now yep. I, I love that track and, and you had to be excited to see when the schedule came out we're racing there three times in 2022 oh yeah yeah i cannot wait for that it, it's gonna be a ball but yeah hopefully i can figure that uh, i'm i'm just excited to 
go into it not being my first pro race, you know, where I have all the confidence and all that so I could just really put it all out there. So how, how hard was it, before we get into your, your, your first season as a pro, how hard was it making the step from amateur to pro? How hard was that decision? Uh, it, it wasn't hard at all, actually, I, because I made the decision. I think I seriously made the decision a year or two before that, um, where me and my dad were like, we're going to put our head down. We're just going to do this, you know. And, and my dad, he, he really carried a lot of the weight. You know, we, we helped out each other. Uh, an insane amounts. So I, I wouldn't have been able to do it without my dad for sure. So, yeah. 2021 was your first pro season. Uh, you made your first main at Joliet beating some out, you know, some really fast guys out to do that. Like Andrew Luker, Hunter Bauer, Cole Zabala, just to name a few. Tell me about that day and what it was like making your first pro main event at, at the AFT level. That was definitely one of the best times of my life. The track was just perfect for me. It, it helped me so much. And I also had a bunch of buddies that came uh, from Milwaukee, uh, Beer Gut, Loyal. I had him come out. Uh, and then I had, you know, a bunch more, uh, a bunch of those hooligan guys. And they just gave me all the confidence in the world. They helped me out all day. It, it was just, it was awesome. It, I had the best time. It, it's something that a lot of people that maybe have never raced will, will not maybe quite understand that full feeling and how rewarding it is, you know, it, you, you work your entire career as an amateur, then you go pro and, and you, you were lucky enough or good enough, I should say, maybe not lucky enough, but you were good enough to make a main event in your rookie season. Um, it's not something that a lot of people uh, get to experience. And, and that's so cool that you got to do it, especially with some of your friends there. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. I, and, and that was my goal right there was to, to make that one exactly, you know, because everybody was there. They all got to see it. And it, yeah, I, I wish I could go back to that night for sure. <laughs> did, did, did you have any other goals going into your pro season other than making your first main event? Uh, not really. I, that was our main one is just make one event, um, make one. And then, you know, kind of just get, get control of things, you know, kind of, feel like we we understand what we're going to do once we hit the track and and we understand what we want out of it right we're not we're not going with like a big head and we're trying to make every single main of course we're trying but we're not it's not pushed right we're we're just we're right. trying to get through it smoothly so that we don't we don't do anything stupid and you know and and I so think we did you that earned perfectly your, you earned your main event you have a two-digit number next year if you choose to run it. Have you picked it, or are you, are you going to tell me, or are you going to share, or do we have to wait and see next year when you roll up at the first race? Yeah, we, we will be running 35 this next year just uh, for Charlotte. Nice. And Memorial for her, so yeah. Nice, nice. And the, and I know Super Dave Kilkenny is going to like that too because I think he's a big fan of yours. Hell yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of his. You know, we've – We've been racing uh, with each other for a long time now, and he's, he's definitely one of the guys that I love in our district. Yeah, how, how can you not be a fan of Dave Kilkenny? He's an awesome guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's great, and, and it's an honor to share a number with him. <laughs> Absolutely, and to, of course, uh, you know, do that in honor of Charlotte, too. So let's move on to the, maybe another race here in 2021, Port Royal. You missed the main event by just one spot. Is there anything looking back on now that you could have done differently to put yourself in that main? 
Uh, definitely just needed to put, I, I, I didn't believe in myself that day. I remember I, I was really surprised with how I was doing. Uh, but I just didn't have my full confidence in myself. And, you know, once you lose that, you just can't, you can't fully put it out there just because I, I didn't want to do anything too crazy stupid again. So yeah, that was definitely that. You, you know, I, and I think you, you kind of learn more from, from some of your closer races like that than you do, uh, you know, uh, when you make main events too. So use that as a learning experience and know that you can do better next time and, and realize that you, you have to have your head all the way in the game. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I've been working with Carver these past, uh, for, I, I went to Ride Organic twice now and he's, he's definitely helped me a lot with that. Um, and, and I hope I can come back in where, you know, each round, uh, uh, my head is on straight and I'm just, I'm ready to go for it. Yeah. How, how much, uh, do you think, he's instilled on you that a lot of this game that we play is mental. It's what's between your ears. How, how much did he instill that into you? Oh, he, he's that, that is one of his main points in the, in his teaching. So is to learn how to get across the, the mental battle before you attack the physical and, you know, the track, because if you go out there, it's not like you're able to fix you, yourself mentally, right? You're going to be out there. However, you know, however you left the pits. So you just got to fix that before you touch the track. And then, you know, hopefully everything goes well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If there's anybody that can help you out with something like that, it's definitely that guy. So let's talk about oh, no, one exactly. of the, one of the, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about one of the wildest rides of the season. Um, and I don't like usually, you know, bringing up some, some bad wrecks, but you, you, uh, you are okay. Obviously we're talking to you, but at poor at, uh, let me see weed sport. Uh, it seemed yeah. like something upset you going straight into turn number one and you went straight into that wall. And, and I think you made that bike about three foot shorter. Uh, so tell me <laughs> about the wreck and I've got some more questions about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it, it was a real bad wreck. I, it helped. It really beat me up mentally throughout the rest of the season. It, it put me all the way down, but I, I walked away from it. I just had a bunch of bruises all over me. Uh, I couldn't really sit down. My butt was I, I remember the next day my butt was just insanely sore. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, we're still trying to work on the 2021 um, and it's still not going, but it, I, I didn't leave there with anything broken or anything. You know, I was up and good the next day. We never want to see that for sure. But I just, man, I just, I, I, you hit that wall a ton. I don't know. It looked like something maybe like upset the handlebars and it just straightened you up and you went straight to the wall and there's no room to, you know, to do anything. But uh, you know, luckily we have the airbag fences now to, to help absorb some of that. Again, with that being said, that front end was, you know, shortened way up. So I'm sure that bike was pretty much almost destroyed. Oh yeah. The, the rim was completely tacoed <laughs> and, and I, that Alpine star, uh, vest definitely saved me, uh, in some way, because if you zoom in on me hitting that air fence, I just got an insane amount of whiplash to my neck, but yeah, it was it was crazy, but it I'm I'm very happy I got to walk away. I was very lucky. Uh and those vests definitely helped out. Absolutely. So the uh how many races did you miss after that? Cuz I know obviously the bike you're still working on it, but but as your body was healing stuff like that, how many races did you miss? So the only races we missed all season was uh the next 
race the the, the day after that what was that a sunday race and then mm-hmm. uh we missed peoria tt so i don't even okay. think i missed any races because of the accident i got you that's good so yeah you, you, your, your your first race back after that was the springfield short track and anybody that's been there knows that the competition is so tough there and it's so fierce and you almost got it done there again just barely missing the main uh, yeah. Were, were you still fighting? Were you still fighting the pain from the crash, or were you think you were at a hundred percent? I was. I think I was at a hundred percent physically, but mentally, yes, I was definitely fighting it. Um, also, I was having bike problems that day. I remember it wasn't starting, and I couldn't go out for uh, my first practice. So I, I uh, actually shouts out to Ra- uh, Raggio. He helped me out, and uh, he let me ride his backup bike for qualifying oh, cool. that day. So cool. yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't know that. So that that's pretty that's pretty cool that you had some help from other people in the pits and and that's, you know, uh, uh what what's so cool about flat track. It's different than motocross. I think in motocross if if I broke my bike or couldn't start it, I think everybody would be like, "Oh, good. That's one last guy I have to beat." In flat track, it's not <laughs> like that. People people all just help everybody out. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that's just one of the reasons why me and my family have stuck with the sport, just because there's that sense of family um, just all throughout every district. And we, we've gotten countless amounts of help from everybody out there. You know, the people that I'm going shoulder to shoulder with, you know, battling with are just going to help me out in the pits. And that's just an amazing thing, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You said a few moments ago, it's you and your dad that, that travel uh, does anybody else go with you to help, or is it is it only just you and your dad every week? Uh, so yeah, it's it's mainly me and my dad, but uh, we got Bob now. Jim Churchilla helps us out a ton. Uh, Clayton, uh, that whole Bob Bob's group right there just help us out a bunch. That's awesome. I I know exactly what that's like. You know, I whenever I was racing, it was just me and my dad. Probably ninety percent of the time, going to all the races. Later on, when I started riding for some other people, of course, my dad was still right there by my side. But um, it's it's awesome to have that. You know, your dad in your corner, and you get to talk to him and get to spend time with him, and and you will never ever forget that the rest of your life. Oh no, I I sure won't. Uh, yeah, my dad, he's he's great. He he does everything. You know, he would do anything for for me or my brother. Uh, and, yeah, I just love that I get to have this even closer relationship with him. So cool. So cool. Did your dad ever race? He he never raced. No, I've, I've seen him on a bike twice, and he was riding a Honda Rebel. So you can only imagine what that looks like. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. What about your brother? Did he Did he ever try it? Yeah, my brother, he actually was getting really into it. He he kind of was going with it at first with me, but then he kind of he broke off of that cuz I it was just I I showed the the passion towards it a lot more. But my brother, he he rode 250s for a while in the beginner class in my district and he's he's definitely if he stuck with it, he would have been real good, but no, now he's pursuing film in uh UWM right now and he's he's doing great. Right on. Is he older than you or younger than you? He's older than me. He's actually 20 years old. Okay, right on. And how old are you? Uh, 18. I'll be turning 19 on the 17th of January. Well, that's cool. Happy early birthday! One, one yeah, more race I want to talk. <laughs> one more race I want to talk about. Uh, Sacramento. Your first trip out there to the Sacramento Mile. You didn't make the main, but you did make issue number 47 of the Sideburn Magazine. How cool was that? 
Oh my, that was so cool. I, I've always wanted to be in that magazine and they sell them at coffee shops around my place. And it, it's an honor. It's a, it's really an honor. And uh, I would like to shout out Ed Stubius for that. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. They got them for sale right there at the Fuel Cafe too, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> cool. Looking back, how would you rate your first pro season? Uh, I would I would give it about a, a B plus uh, for sure. <laughs> Everything was going perfectly until New York, but I, I would never take back that experience. It was definitely an amazing time. Me and my dad, we we figured things out and. Yeah, I just I can't wait for the next one. Okay, out of out of all the tracks you went to for the first time as a pro, and that's that's one thing about our sport too that's hard is as an amateur you don't get to usually race on the the, the Grand National track. So, as a first time pro, uh, which track did you like the best this season at, on the AFT schedule? I would definitely have to say Volusia. Uh, it was just it it fits the Wisconsin riders, and it, it's just insanely smooth you know you can trust every part of that track right on right on okay so so let's get to the meat and potatoes flat out friday tell us about your day and where you finished all right so yeah i mean flat out friday it's always a great time uh i i finished i think i got what was it six it, it's really hard to tell they they mixed it all up because the the transponders weren't working right but it, it was awesome, and I hope they figure that out a little bit more for, for March, but that show was just, it's something to see, and everybody should come out and ride that for sure. So it's usually not all about the results, though. That That is such a cool yeah, exactly. event to be a part of. It, it, it's almost sold out, or it looked like it was sold out this year, at least in the lower bowl. Uh you know, you're hanging out with your friends. You're racing on Dr. Pepper syrup in the same place the Milwaukee Bucks play. It is one of the coolest events that are out there. And now we're going back March 4th. Yep, exactly. It, it, it's definitely something to see. It, it, I've never seen anything like it. And it, it's not about the finish. Everybody should go just thinking about how they're going to put on a show, you know. That's what we're there for. We're basically the performance. So... Yeah, I mean, I would, I w- anybody should come out. Are you gonna be able to race that one? It's March fourth, and I think that you know Volusia starts the next weekend or something like that. So, uh, uh, have you already made plans for twenty twenty two to to go to that one, or will you already be down in Florida? Yeah, I should be attending that one. Uh, I don't know exactly, but I, I will be planning on it right now. So, tell me about Mama Tried. I've been to Flat Out Friday several times, and and. A lot of times I don't get the chance to walk around the Mama Tried show. Uh, I heard you had a booth over there. So what what was in your booth and what what was going on over at Mama Tried? Yeah, so Mama Tried is uh, it's it's just a bike show. You know, a lot of people just bring their their pieces of art. You know, because that's kind of what they're doing. They're making art out of these bikes, and they just come here and they they show it off, and it, it's insanely crowded. It, it's awesome. But uh, yeah, I had a booth over there. And we, we had our, our shirts. We made some new shirts just for that event. And I, we will be selling them again, I believe. So, uh, uh, yeah, we had that. And we also showed off my backup bike because my A-bike is still getting worked on. But, yeah, it's an awesome show. They, they have a bunch of merch and everything. But, yeah, I would also encourage a bunch of people to come out to that in, uh, in March. 
So it, it it's more than just a bike show. It is the bike show. Um, the venue looked really sick, but I got to know what kind of t-shirts were you selling? Were they Ezra Brusky t-shirts? What, I mean, tell me about your shirts. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're Ezra Brusky t-shirts. They're made by, uh, one of my moms actually, uh, bet, uh, ex, uh, uh, students cause she worked in a high school. So, uh, they, they drew out this design for us and we, we just had a color scheme that was just going to be for that event. And yeah. Okay. So, how can our listeners get a hold of them to help support you in your racing? We have a GoFundMe, and we also have uh, packages that are set up uh, on our Facebook where you can call us and you can donate, and, and you get packages of either shirts, getting on my bike, getting on my leathers. We have stickers. You know, we have all that type of stuff. So, yeah, if you just go to my Facebook, it'll, it'll, you, you'll, you'll find it over there. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. So do you have all of your plans locked in for 2022 yet? And if so, can you tell me about them? Yeah. So actually I have a pretty big announcement here. Uh, I'm joining a team for 2022 uh, season. I'm going to be working with uh, Bob Berry, Jim Churchilla, and then Clayton. Uh, I, sorry, I forgot your last name, but uh, we're making a team and it's going to be called Raffle Racing. Uh, so yeah. Uh, the reason it's called raffle racing is because um, uh, the the way they they started their twin team is that uh, Jim I think uh, won a raffle yeah so that that's mm-hmm. why he called it this so yeah yeah I'm I'm really excited and I cannot wait to work with them it should move me a bunch up so yeah so the the raffle was actually a Kawasaki and he's had a few different people on it in the past it was a Kawasaki twin. Um, are you thinking moving up to the twins class, the production twins class, or is it for the singles class or do you even know all the details yet? So I will be riding the the singles, uh, for sure, but I, I do not know the details of anything else because I do know Casey will be a part of this. So yeah. Okay. Casey Cisco. Yep. Okay, cool. So that's going to be your teammate. Well, I just, my mind's blown right now. I'm kind of at a loss for words, but congratulations on getting the ride, man. That's cool. Yeah, man. I, I can't wait. Perfect. So one more thing on Flat Out Friday before we move off that subject. How did this year's Flat Out Friday compare to other Flat Out Fridays in the past that you've attended? It was great. I mean, everything sold out. I couldn't even imagine being in the Buck Stadium before this. And I, I think it, it worked out perfectly for Jeremy. Uh and and it, it had a great crowd, great riders, and people just all around loved it. I have not heard like many bad things about it at all. Of course, there's those few people that that will bring in. You know, they not everybody can enjoy an event that big, right? So <laughs> it was it was a great yeah. time though. It was huge, and I've never seen. I, I I just I've never seen anything like it before. Of course. Right on, right on. So, also one more side note here. Carter said he got to meet your dad at Moto Scoot, and your dad said something that, that meant a lot to Carter and myself. And and your dad has a has a podcast. I didn't yep. know that. And the one thing that he did say is he knows how much time and dedication and how much hard work it is to put out a podcast, and that he admired us mainly Carter. For, for doing this every week or you know almost every week like we've done in over 200 episodes. So tell your dad that meant a lot to us. Carter told me about it right away, and, and it means a lot hearing it from another person in the podcast business. Oh, yeah, man. He, he loves your podcast so much. So 
I won't even have to tell him. He'll hear this right when it comes out. <laughs> so, yeah, man. He, Perfect. Me and my dad, we've always been big podcast people, and we really appreciate right it. No, that, that's cool. So tell me, what, what is Moto Scoot? Because I don't think I've ever been there even as many times as I go up there. So what is Moto Scoot? Yeah, so Moto Scoot, they, they, uh, they're based in Milwaukee, uh, and they, they work on motorcycles and, and mopeds and everything. So, yeah, they're, they're right by Riverside High School. Uh, and they've, they've helped me out my entire like racing career. Uh, Andy mock who works there, he's a great guy. He, he knows everything that you need to know, right? Yeah. He's a great guy to work with. And if you ever need anything, just go to Moto Scoot in Milwaukee and they'll get your stuff up and working again. That's pretty cool. So we appreciate you coming on, but we can't leave here without a few more things. If you, you know, cause you listen to the podcast up next is Graham's question. And Graham is a fan of yours. And this is a little known fact about Graham. She used to do hair. She was in the hair salon business. Oh, she wow. did hair. Yep. And so that's where, you know, that's, I remember her. That was her career uh, later on in life as I was growing up, I guess. But she wants to know who does your hair and how often do you get it done now that it's not race season? Okay. So, yeah, my buddy uh, that I uh, met through high school and everything, uh, he does my hair. We do it in his backyard. I've never had to pay for it. So yeah, that would have been expensive if I was paying every weekend, but yeah, he's helped me out a bunch and and we think of ideas over there in his backyard and we just put it in. It's all on the fly. It's not like we're texting about it days before. I go to his house and we're like, what are we going to do? You know? So (laughs) that's just a part of the fun. I got you. So did you have a favorite hairstyle or a hair design? I should say that, that you had for the season? What do you, is there one that sticks out? I would definitely have to say when I put the hearts in, I got the most looks out of it, and it was yeah. the most interesting. So, yeah, I would definitely have to put that down as my favorite. <laughs> All right. Well, if there's anybody out there that has some kind of hair product or hair dyeing or hair color uh, that needs to sponsor somebody who's got some extra money, uh, you know, hit up Ezra. Hit him up on Facebook. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll gladly take that one. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Um, now it's time for rapid-fire questions, so tell me the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you these next few questions. Are you ready? Yeah. What is your favorite bike you've ever ridden? Honda 2021. 450? Yeah. Okay. Uh, favorite track? I think I already know the answer to this, uh, but go ahead and tell us it. All right. Well, I think we mentioned that quite a few times. I had to put it in there. So <laughs> who who is your favorite flat tracker of all time? Uh, I would definitely have to say Jeffrey Carver or okay. Cameron Smith. All right. That's cool. I like that one. Who's your favorite person to go bench racing with? Bench racing? Mm-hmm. Like sit and talk about uh... other races and, yeah, and, 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 you know, just sit and talk about racing with. Oh, definitely Loyal Proc. Sadly, I won't be able to do that as much anymore. Okay. All right. Who's got better hair, you or Ricky Rackman? I'm sorry, Ricky, but it's got to be me this time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. He's going to be listening, so you might have just lost him as a fan. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, Better hair, you or Ben Lau? Uh, uh Uh-oh. I'm sorry yet again. You know what? No, I'll give that to Ben Lau. Not trying to start too much out there. 
<laughs> All right. That's pretty cool. I like it. Who's the most badass female racer out there? Uh, I would have to give that one to Zaria. I mean, her family has been with us, you know, since the start, too. So. Mm-hmm. Who's the next first-time champion in AFT? It could be any of the three classes. Uh, who's the next first-time champ? I think uh, I, I would have to give that to Sadoff. Uh, I think he's definitely going to change up our class a bunch. Okay, I like that one. Uh, there's there's a huge contingency of riders from Wisconsin. There always has been, it seems like. Um, maybe out of all the riders that have ever came out of Wisconsin, who do you think is the best rider that's 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 from Wisconsin? Uh, Merg, Merg, Morgan, Morgan's got it down for sure. He he's got it and he's he's coming. <laughs> Whether it's this next okay. year or the one following, I think he's got he's got a top five, top three in there. He was so consistent this year, which was the most oh, yeah. consistent he's ever been. And he was on the podium a lot this season. So um, last question, we kind of borrow this one from uh, Dave Despain, but what are you most proud of? Uh, I w- I'm most proud of as like how far me and my dad have come. You know, we've, we've come from absolutely nothing, not knowing anything about the sport until, you know, a decade ago. And now, now we're up here. So we're, we, I, I could just, I, I would have never imagined this. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, congratulations on that. Congratulations on getting a new ride. Before we let you go, uh, do you want to say thanks to anybody? Yeah, I would like to say thanks to uh, Andy Mock at Motoscoot. Uh, definitely uh, raffle racing. I cannot wait for this next season. My parents for doing everything, you know, for this transition into the pro season. And, you know, I just moved out and everything. So that's another big one. Um, I would like to thank anybody who's helped me throughout this, this past season. So, uh, Thompson walks, uh, Gingrass and all them. Uh, but yeah, I would like to, uh, and Tom loose and, and many more. I I'm sorry if I miss you guys, but yeah, thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I hope to see you, you know, at more than just the AFT races. Hopefully I'll see you at the Dairyland classic there, June 3rd. Uh, good luck at the, uh, coming up uh, flat out Friday, March the 4th. Uh, and, uh, man, I'll see you on that number 35 in 2022 again. Thanks for coming on and good luck. Yeah. Can't wait. Thank you guys. Ezra Brusky. That was a good one, dude. I love that one. Yeah. He, he, you know, he said he was a little bit nervous when we got off. He said he's a little bit nervous, but he did. He did great. I think that's the, that's probably the most I've talked to him at one time because, you know, I see a lot of people in passing and stuff like that. And congratulations to him getting a, a, a ride on Team Raffle, or Raffle Racing. That's so I, cool. I love it. Man, I just love that idea. My That's favorite awesome. thing about that interview was the uh, was the point where he said tacoed. I'd never heard that term tacoed before. What's that all about? So, I don't know, and I don't know if the wheels are stronger nowadays or what, but when you when you used to flip a bike end over end, the rims would just bend in half and they would they would say they were tacoed and it's a motocross term too so hmm. and uh but it's motocross it's it's a motorcycle term i guess the you know car wheels are so wide it's hard to bend them in half but a motorcycle rim and wheel can actually just fold in half and they call it taco we need to bring that term back but in a positive light with mission foods i'm telling you some somehow I, some I way love, 
<laughs> I love it. Yeah, I mean, you and I talked about it after the interview, and yeah. I loved your ideas, man. No, that's good that's stuff. Cool. But uh, yeah, taco. I like it. Um, I, and apparently, it's a bad thing. So I guess it's not. That's really cool. But um, and dude, like he's a he's had a pretty solid rookie season. He said he accomplished all his goals that he set out to do. Um, which really, at the end of the day, that's kind of what you what you get racing for is to to check off those boxes and, and accomplish those goals and. Looking like uh, he's going to have a little bit more backing next year. Uh, so looking forward to seeing what he does in 2022 and beyond. And you know what? The the, the singles class had the most riders. It had some of the t- stiffest competition. So to make a main event against those guys and girl, that's pretty dang impressive. And he did that. He he, he made one main event. He was very close a few other times. We talk, we didn't talk about every race during, the, during his podcast, uh, but we talked about the ones that were that, that stood out like when he made his first main event at, at joliet when he went on the wild ride at new york uh i said it, sh- it, it shrunk the bike three foot well the bike's you know it's only four and a half foot long anyway or whatever but right. it it made that bike short yeah. so uh yeah and they're still working on it so uh i know there's different ways you can help him out on his facebook page he's got some some merch for sale and they're still working on that 21 bike and i know he's got a ride now that doesn't mean he still can't use some help to get down the road i know how expensive it is gas is expensive hotels are more and more expensive food's more expensive everything is more expensive uh so if you want to help out a a rider that's coming up uh you're looking for a second year in the pro ranks maybe check him out there you go i love it man looking forward to really seeing what uh what he can do uh next year and beyond uh another cool rider from wisconsin that we get to talk to and uh, I think that's uh, that's going to be a wrap from Wisconsin and season four of Off the Groove, man. I, I guess we're calling them seasons now, or we, we have been. Yeah, it, it's crazy that we've done this for years. And I just want to say an extra special thanks to our patrons, all of you who have supported the podcast. I know a lot of people uh, haven't jumped in to be a patron yet, but people always give us a shout out and, and talk. You know, stop me everywhere I go. It doesn't matter if it's a, a, a flat track race, if it's an AFT race, if it's a Steve Nace race. People stop me and say, man, they love the podcast, and, and that's why we do it. We do it for, for you guys. We we do it to keep talking about our sport, to bring new riders to light, and uh, just so you guys can have something to, to listen to and, and you know continue to grow our sport. Yeah, sure. Yeah, man. Uh, 212 episodes, dude. That's nuts. Uh, that's insane to think about. Um, and uh, looking forward to doing more for you here in the future. But uh, anything else to close out the year, dude? That's it, man. Just uh, hope everybody has a, a had a Merry Christmas. We're going to put this out after Christmas and has a safe and a happy new year. And uh, hopefully we'll see some of you at the Steve Nace races at DuCoin, Illinois, the, the TT and the short tracks, two days of racing, January 1st and 2nd. And uh, we'll talk to you after the first of the year. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Or just Happy New Year. And we'll see you next year. Peace. Later.